and welcome to the Scottish Roadscast, a podcast all about Scotland's roads, bridges and motorways. I'm John Hassel. And I'm Stuart Baird. Hi Stuart, how are you? I'm very well John, it's good to see you and here we are back for our first podcast of 2023. 2023, you know I'm, I'm not used to saying that yet but uh, yeah it's 2023. Always takes a bit of getting used to the new year and you know our Christmas special, very well received. Yes, um, people seem to enjoy it. <laughs> I certainly enjoyed yeah. it. It was it was a good a good was fun one to record. Good to record. Good to have Nick back with us and Duncan <laughs> as well, obviously. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, new year, new episode. Yeah. What are we going to be talking about this time? Right. Well, we're going to cover a subject today that we've never really covered much in our podcast series before. It is a highway plan for Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Um, February this year, funnily enough, coincides with its 60th anniversary. Ah, okay, good time to talk yep. about I mean, it's something we reference all the time, yes, it isn't is. it? it is indeed. You know? And uh, it, it made sense to do the podcast on this because we also have a number of web articles coming out uh, to celebrate that anniversary as well. Uh, a whole series of articles coming in the podcast, I think, will tie in nicely to that. So people can listen to what we have to say today and then they can go away and read these new web articles and put even more detail behind it. Absolutely. So that's and, the theory. And, and then, you know, they can look at the new page on the Highway Plan for Glasgow and then see this podcast on it as well. Exactly. Exactly. It all works. So it's a great symbiotic relationship between the website and the roadscast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, I mean, it, it's it's a large report. Uh, where do we start with this one, Stuart? We always refer to it yeah. when we talk about roads that are built in Glasgow. And a lot of the time, the highway plan is referenced for things that never got built. Yes. We often talk about the Greater Glasgow Transportation Study. Yes. As, as regular yep. listeners will know. Mm-hmm. And it's quite correct to say that that was the largest transportation study ever undertaken in Glasgow and indeed Scotland and it looked mm-hmm. at all sorts of things. But really, when you look at the detail behind it, the highway plan was really mostly responsible for the roads proposals that came along and much of what was built. Because yes. although the GGTS had a lot of roads proposals, most of them didn't really get beyond the planning stage. Yeah. Whereas for the highway plan, at least well, those things got built. 50% of it got constructed. Yeah, so no, really, I, I see what you're saying. My view is, and having re- reviewed it again as part of writing the, the articles for the website, it's pretty clear that the highway plan is the most important document mm-hmm. in regards to roads planning in Scotland and, uh, or in the west of Scotland and in Glasgow for the last, probably the last century, if I'm honest. Yeah. So there is a lot to, a lot to cover. Um, where, where do we begin? Where did the highway plan begin? Well, anybody who's, who's listened to our podcast before in the Inner Ring Road or read any of those pages will know that consulting engineering firm Scott Wilson, Kirkpatrick and Partners were commissioned by Glasgow Corporation in 1961 to produce a report on the Inner Ring Road of Glasgow City Centre, basically to make recommendations on whether it should be an urban motorway or a dual carriageway, where should the junctions be, how many lanes should it have, all that kind of thing. And they did a number of traffic studies and surveys and started pulling all that together. Now, the corporation were pretty pleased with the progress that Scott Wilson um, had made on it and the output. They were genuinely impressed by by the product. And it was decided that they would widen their remit to cover a comprehensive highway study for the entire city area. Now, when we say city area, that was within the boundaries of Glasgow Corporation at that time. Yeah. Okay. Basically, the, the remit was to, to go away and design a network of roads for the city of Glasgow uh, for the year 1990. And crucially, they would have to do studies and surveys to justify what they were proposing. Mm. So they would do roadside traffic interviews, uh, you know, talk to commuters, talk to people, you know, making their way into the city or out of the city. And, and just like they had, they had, organized for the inner ring road study they had a, a, a number of cordons as, as traffic engineers like to call them at different areas out from the city center where they would interview people say coming in from the Rutherglen area or the paisley area yeah, or from the east kind of, exactly yeah, yeah. and they ask the question where are you going where have mm-hmm. you come from how often do you do it and for what purpose yeah uh, and, and all of that was all brought together Fed it had to be done yeah. in person mm-hmm. because yep. it not you couldn't have online forms or anything. Exactly, no I mean, no loops that you could stick down in the road in those days to yeah. record traffic and, and all that kind of thing. Sure, uh, and they pulled all that data together, uh, used a team of people uh, to make predictions on what traffic flows would look like in 1990, and once they had an idea how much traffic would be coming into the city and along what corridors and from you know from what you know initial starting points, whatever, they were then able to start thinking about what what a network would look like yeah now just like with the inner ring road study uh, john cullen who we we talk about a lot yes traffic engineer civil engineer john cullen 
um, and Roy Hodgen, who was the other chap who led the, the Highway Plan study, the, the two of them continued to be very closely involved in the preparation of this report. Uh, and John always said that Roy Hodgen was great because he was good at pulling the reports together uh, and dealing with that side of things. And John very much focused on the geometry um, and, and the, the actual design. design. And I heard yeah. that Roy was also a good a good money man That's as well. Yes, yeah. exactly. Because not only did they have to make recommendations on the network, they also had to cost up all the projects and come up with, with you know, a sort of a way to construct the proposals that was feasible uh, and cost-effective and could be managed over the 30-year period as they were looking mm. at or looking towards at that time. Yeah. Okay. So, sounds, sounds like a winning team behind this yeah, proposal. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned about how this, this report uh, was looking to, to model, th- well, to, to propose a, a highway system that was fit for the year 1990. Yes. Which we think of now, now that's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. You it's know, it's further think, away than it was for them. But, yeah, yeah, exactly from, from it was now. But you've got to remember that they were speaking about this report in the early 1960s. Yeah. You know. It was interesting. So they already knew as part of the design of the inner ring road. Now, inner ring roads were the in thing at that time because what uh, authorities across not just Scotland, the UK, Europe, the world, Mm. they all wanted to remove through traffic from their city centres, their central areas. And the most effective way of achieving that is to have an inner ring road that restricts access. Yeah. Uh, to pedestrians and the like and the closer that inner ring road is to the city centre the more benefit it brings to the city centre mm-hmm. because more traffic will use it to bypass or whatever yeah right? it's it's kind of this system of having like like uh, spokes exactly. uh, we have all these arterial yeah. roads that traditionally just meet in the centre they collide in the centre and I, this was a way of distributing them before they got to it, the centre exactly so th- so again I, I see that logic American practice again yeah. so it's like as yeah. you say the spokes of a wheel so you have your, your ring roads and you have your radial routes. Your radial routes. So the yeah. highway plan basically took that work that was done for the ring road. They knew there would need to be radial routes because you couldn't just have this ring road sitting in the middle and, and you know, not be connecting no benefit to, to anything, anything else. Yeah. All right, there would be temporary connections to the E8 and the E74 and whatnot. But from a future point of view, looking forward 30 years, that was never going to work in the long term. So they knew there would have to be higher quality routes connected to that ring road. Um, which would then connect with the wider motorway network plans that had already been developed by the Scottish office and the other local authorities at that time. So you're talking about things like the Renfrew bypass, exactly. the Hamilton yeah. bypass, all this kind of so, stuff. So yeah, like that. so you yeah. think like like the Renfrew bypass had already been more or less agreed in the early sixties. Mm-hmm. The Hamilton bypass was earlier than that, even the late fifties. M seventy three was the same. So all these routes around the periphery of the city were kind of agreed already. The highway plan just needed to fit in the middle nicely to connect all these bits. Yes. Up. Right, so they they, they set out to work um, on the study very quickly became clear that traffic would be desired, you know, the desire would be to continue to to have the city centre as a a destination for people at that time it was the main shopping destination it was the main destination for people working in offices and and, and in those types of roles Hmm. not only that, the conurbation was growing the conurbation yeah. was expanding. People were being moved out to new satellite housing schemes or the new towns, Cumbernauld, East mm-hmm. Cumbride. Plans for obviously one at Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, where else do we have? Oh, well, Irvin, Erskine. Erskine, smaller Erskine. ones, obviously. But the, these developments are all happening. Mm. And if you're going to build all these things on the outskirts, obviously you need to connect them all up. And mm. the nature of the conurbation, as we've said many times about Glasgow, it's a sprawling conurbation from east to west. Like most large metropolitan yep. areas are like mm-hmm. this, yep. though, and they obviously seen that this was happening with Glasgow. Yeah. So they wanted to enable people to move quickly and easily from west from to east, north to, to south, yeah. but mm-hmm. without having to go through the city centre. Yeah, or down high streets. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So having that as an overriding aim actually made it quite easy. Now, there were a couple of prior commitments that the corporation asked them to include within the highway plan, and the highest profile of those was the Monkland Motorway. Okay. Because the corporation had already decided in the 1950s that they would use the, the line of the closed Monkland Canal for a new route, basically bypassing Edinburgh Road. So to take all the through traffic away from the residential areas like Hag Hill and, and, and out towards Cantine and places like that. And this made sense in a strategic yeah. sense because the M8, as we know it, if we think of the whole M8 from Hermiston going all the way to West Ferry that mm-hmm. we have now 1 to Junction 31, yeah. they wanted to kind of start connecting these bits up yes. of the inner ring roads exactly. and the uh, sections of the A8 and M8 Hart Hill bypass. And mm-hmm. So it only made sense, I suppose, yeah. for Monkland to be one of the highest priority things, especially when you say there was already this corridor yeah. there. 
The other committee to scheme that they were asked to include was the Sea Ring Road. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not one we've spoken about much. No, because but we, we get asked all the time. It's like, yeah. why doesn't Glasgow not have a ring road? Yeah. You know, so and the Sea Ring Road was basically Glasgow's outer orbital yes. motorway. Uh, well, the Sea Ring was specifically for the south. The Sea Ring was for the south. However, if, if you go back further to the fifties, mm-hmm. you would find that there was a, a northern element of the Sea Ring Road as well. Yeah. Uh, so that was committed, and, and the corporation said, "Look, we we like the idea of there being an outer bypass as well." Please retain that within your study. So, Mungland Motorway, Sea Ring Road, they were the only two things that had to be included. Everything else that Scott Wilson were working on, they were able to devise. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, they made the decision early on that any new roads being proposed would be built on new lines. Mm-hmm. Okay. And where possible, these would be contained entirely within comprehensive development areas. Mm-hmm. So in the case of parts of the inner ring road, like we've discussed before, um, the, the areas at Townhead, Anderson, that were being cleared for comprehensive development, they fitted the road within there. And there's a couple examples across the network of the highway plan where, where similar you know, things mm-hmm. were considered. And in a nut- I know we're going to talk about comprehensive redevelopment, we often do, but in a nutshell, is these areas were cleared for development yes. of housing, and it just so happened that was convenient for where a road could yeah. go. They were told, we're clearing this area, fit the road within that, we do not want the road going into other areas if you can help it. Yeah. And that, that was the main, the main okay. reason for that. So, okay, so they've done all those studies, they're thinking about where the various roads and things should go, and basically what John Cullen said was they had a big, massive plan of the conurbation and they would sit down with red cranes and they would start marking on that map where they thought sensible lines would be for the routes that were required because the traffic study data had shown that there was going to be high demand coming in from the north from bears demo guy from the west end uh, from clyde bank and even further out to dumbarton and then you go south of the river, you've, you've got Clyde South Expressway north of the river, of course, because the Clyde Tunnel was committed, so that all had to fit in within it. Uh, Paisley, mm-hmm. uh, Greenock, particularly with the ports and things moving out to Port Glasgow. Okay, Then you've got to consider traffic coming in from Ayrshire along the A77, and then you've got your A74, your A8, and then all the way around to your A80. You're surrounded yeah. on all sides. So like <laughs> we've said many times before, yeah. all of the major trunk roads at that time converged in or near the city centre. Yeah. And obviously it was a key component of the whole plan that, that that would be removed. So through traffic, someone coming from air, going to Stirling, would bypass. They would have no business in the city centre and they would not go through it. Mm-hmm. And the highway plan would set out to provide them with n- a number of options to allow them to do that. So they're drawing them all on the map. They, they, they're obviously looking at the engineering behind them and thinking, right, okay, how feasible is this? How empty is this? And, the, and it was obviously a priority to fit these new roads within empty land as much as possible and obviously the further away from the city centre you went the easier that was at that time have to bear in mind looking back all of the sprawling conurbation that we have now most of that didn't exist at that mm-hmm. time and as soon as you went east of Proven or west of Cardonald there actually was a lot of green belt yeah there was at that time yeah. mm-hmm. you know uh, so it was quite easy for them to, to slot in you know some new roads um they, they did make a decision early on that any new roads would be built entirely in a new line, that there was a reason for that. There was a cost reason for that, yeah. uh, mostly to do with services and utilities buried beneath the road. You know, if you decide to widen or alter an existing road, you need to do service diversions and move cables and all that. That can be a costly mm-hmm. and expensive and quite risky business because no one ever knows where everything is. Yeah, so even, they, even back then. Yeah, so they decided that most of the, these roads should be built, you know, and previously... Unbuilt. unblemished land yeah, yeah exactly yeah, some areas, and there were brownfield yeah. sites where they could do that and mm. then there was other locations where they decided to slot new roads in beside existing railways and that kind of thing yeah Rent because you've already got that kind of the severance of the railway so it makes sense yeah. to have that going parallel and that was one of the, the reasons things. behind the Monkland canal being canal. used and the Maryhill motorway of course using yep. the fourth and clyde canal yeah. the brand the glasgow branch of that so all these routes all start to come together and they have an initial plan by late 1961 coming into 1962 and we have, a, we have seen versions of this before. There are some key differences. You remember, John, if I say to you that one of the schemes that was mentioned initially was the, I think they called it the the Southwest Motorway or something like that. And that was originally the, what we now know as the M77, or they knew as the Air Motorway. Yeah, originally the joined South the motorway. Ring Road, yeah. the South Motorway. That joined the Ring Road coming in from basically Shawlands and Pollock Shaws. Yes, that's right. And it just tacked on to the Southern 
um, the southern flag. Yeah, and they realised very quickly that actually that was never going to happen because there was too much property, high quality property along that line of the E seventy seven. It just wasn't desirable to do that. And it was developments like that that came along and that moved the the M seventy seven as we know yeah. it now out to to the line around the side of Pollock Park where it was where it was empty land. Yeah, and and all of these sorts of things came so together nicely. Together. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned that, uh, you know, it's, it's, I've got this image in my head and you say they sat down with these large maps of the conurbation and pretty much got crayons <laughs> out and yeah. started drawing where it's going to go. And you could just think at, at the time, yes, I know there were areas that, that were obviously marked these plans for comprehensive development. We're going to fit the roads in there. But these are pretty big decisions that the yeah. likes of John Cullen and his team yes. were making on where these roads were going to go and the impact that would have mm-hmm. on, um, you know, the the... The, the conditions at the time and where people were living, but also how it would set the future. So, I mean, I just, just, I'm pausing for thought on that. Yeah. Minute, you you're, know, you're um, absolutely right. Um, this is big. This is, big. is, is it was, it was city huge. building type was, of stuff. It was a big thing. And, mm. and not only that, like at the time when this work was being done, it's like we've discussed many times before, this was an entirely new concept mm. for the city. For people in the city, these types of roads had never been seen before in the UK. Yeah. It was very difficult to, to envisage what they would look like and what their impact would be. Yeah, but they were in an extreme situation, um, which required what we would view as, well, you're, you're, you're putting all these motorways everywhere. It's quite an extreme thing because yeah. because of how bad the traffic congestion was and That's how right. bad the, the, the pollution yeah. was as well. And crucially... And, and again, lots of people have made this comment on social media recently where we'll post a photo of the of the Clydeside Expressway of the M8 and there's only one or two cars on it. Mm. Yeah, that's right. But they knew that the car ownership was on the rise. They knew that goods were being trans, you know, transported by increasingly by road rather than rail. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew traffic was going to skyrocket. Yeah. So those roads were being future-proofed for, for to when allow the, for more traffic. To allow for these but industries. Crucially, and, things, and, and again, yeah. the corporation and Scott Wilson both state this in the report, they were never going to allow for unconstrained growth of traffic. Because they knew that wouldn't be sustainable no. in the long run. So that know. there was always going to be a limit to the amount of traffic that could use the road system. Yeah. You know? And and in the mid-1960s, they felt that that would be self-policing in the sense that we would reach a saturation point and then people would just, you know, that would be it. The mm. network would operate or function as it was and the, the, the element of congestion would be enough to discourage people from, from using cars and whatnot to get about. And crucially, public transport would continue to improve and there would be good alternative options yeah, available. It needs, it needs to work. Well. A number of things obviously happened that have not really allowed that to be realised. Yeah. Um, thinking again about other things that the corporation insisted on, um, as I said, the 30 years so it had to accommodate traffic up to, to a level. Um, it should use new new lines and things like that where possible. Um, they were also keen that the system that was proposed was feasible to construct in phases and that any phase that was completed would bring maximum benefit to an area at that time. And it also had to adapt to a change in planning or population or just the general, you know, considerations behind road building. So if they took a decision, you know, we're not going to build anymore, that what had been built to that stage would provide a benefit to the conurbation. Yeah. And really, looking back at it, when I said at the start only 50% of it had been completed, you can see that despite only half of it being built, what we do have is actually pretty functional and has provided a, a reasonably decent roads network for the city. The yeah, I mean, we often talk about this as a great thing in Glasgow is you can use the motorway to get around to most places yeah. in the in the kind of the conurbation or the, the greater Glasgow area. And that's yeah. not something you can say for many cities, in, well, not in Scotland, but certainly in the UK. No, you know? you're, you're absolutely right. Mm. Um, so a lot of thought behind it. Um, in the, the report that they put forward to the corporation, now, February 1963 is when the findings were handed over, but the actual report itself, the Black Bound Highway Plan report, that wasn't published until June 1965. The reason for that delay was so many of Scott Wilson's staff were engaged in preparing contracts for the construction of Townhead yeah. that they didn't have people to pull the document together and get it published. So that's why there's a bit of a delay. Uh, so John Cullen mm-hmm. uh, told us that was the only reason for that. But the, the main recommendations had been passed to the corporation and approved by the various committees yeah. by that stage. And you're talking about, say, say components of the highway yeah. plan, like, this is what we think for the yeah. air motorway. Yes. Or, you know, the uh, the, the Mary Hill motorway. Yeah. So what they did was they came up with three target stages mm-hmm. and they recommended that the priority in target one uh, should be completed within 10 years. So by 1975, what was supposed to be completed was as follows. The M8 
across the city, so linking with the Renfrew Bypass at Hillington, mm-hmm. all the way across through the city centre, through the Monkland Motorway to the M73 Bealston. Right, right. Okay. We would also see the Clydeside Expressway and the north and south approaches to the Clyde Tunnel. Okay, and there would also be improvements to Great Western Road. Yeah. So that was target one to be completed by 1975. Okay. Now, in the event, it was 1980. That that Before that target was completed, there were various reasons that delayed the completion of stage two of the Monkland Motorway, ground conditions, mm-hmm. uh, local government reorganisation, all these sorts of things that contributed to delays there. So it was 1980 really before target one got completed. Now, target two is the interesting one, right? Because I always felt that target two was the one that had the schemes in it that would have provided the most additional benefit. Yeah. Thinking, comparing what we've got now, target one really is is basically what we ended up with, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about the reasons for that shortly. But Target 2 really was going to start filling in the gaps. So that would have been the south and east flanks of the inner ring road. Yes. The Mary Hill and Lomond motorways. Uh, but also the air motorway. Was that the not air motorway, in it? The Stirling yeah. motorway. So no. the ones that would start to connect to wider parts of the conurbation were all part of Stage 2, or Target 2. Now, okay. work had actually begun on preparation of the schemes for Target 2. Mm-hmm. The Air Motorway, the south and east flanks, the Stilling Motorway. By 1973, plans were pretty advanced for all of these, as were some of the expressways. Kelvindale Expressway, Crow, Crow Road Expressway, uh, Maryhill Motorway, obviously that was another one. We've seen all the reports from that. And they were all getting ready to go forward, and they were due originally for construction by 1980. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can see here, Target 1 was delayed. Yes. Target 2 Which means be then Target 2 is going to yes. be delayed. Yep. Now, it was felt so they knew that by the time they had completed the M8 across the city their, their traffic predictions were so accurate that they knew that congestion would start to become a problem on the target one roads by 1980 mm-hmm. unless the other target two schemes started to come online to relieve to relieve it and no, provide of course, alternatives right of course, yeah. so the M8 opened in April or was completed across the city in April 1980 and congestion started to appear in the inner ring road from August mm-hmm. 1980 because everything's connected to it. No yep. south and east flanks. Yes. Point. Now, there's a number of reasons why Target 2 didn't move forward. Mm-hmm. The first scheme that was actually shelved was the Kelvindale Expressway. Yeah. Uh, it was felt it didn't really contribute much, so the, that was the first one to be cancelled. Which you can see why, yep. because of what it was feeding wasn't yep. even approved at that stage. That's right. Yeah. And then other ones that come quickly after that were like the Clarkson Expressway... Yeah. Um, the Comaric Road Expressway, those sorts of ones, they, they, they came next. Some of these schemes you'll remember mostly from the GGTS rather than the highway plan, but they were all carried over. Mm-hmm. They went. Then Great Western Road improvements were cut back significantly. So so this was the plan, and because it comes up every now and again, this yeah. one, especially on social media, where they were going to widen Great Western Road and restrict access yeah. on it. So it all, wasn't a motorway of no, no, sorts or anything. It was just an upgrade of the existing That's corridor. Right. So yeah. basically everything from the Botanic Gardens out to Erskine Bridge was done. Yeah. But the final section from Byers Road down to St George's Cross, that was cancelled. And basically what the plan there was to, to have two lanes of traffic in each direction. Uh, they were going to remove pedestrian crossings and have footbridges. Mm-hmm. over the road and they were going to close all the accesses now most of the accesses were closed they were closed yep. yeah but we, we didn't done. end up with the footbridges of course that's right yeah. so that part didn't happen um but expressway uh, uh, again a discussion that was happening on social media recently expressway was not about free flow uh flyovers free flow links all that sort of thing expressway is basically just an easier way of getting from point a to point b yeah it doesn't refer to the type of design of the road yeah in in especially there's big debate about what expressway means across the uk but when from a glasgow perspective i've always looked at it like that Stuart, an improvement of what is there yeah it's basically the way i've seen it exactly so yeah yeah. it's an expressway of getting to where you want to go I know. We're going on a bit of a tangent there about Great yeah. Western Road, and I do apologise, but um, I suppose the other one was the Springburn Expressway. Yes, and that was also a Target 2 yeah. scheme, um, and some of the Target 2s did make progress. However, there was a reason why it all ground to a halt for a while. So, mm-hmm. again, spoken about this many, time, uh, many times, May 1975 saw the corporation abolished, yeah. and all the local counties and things around all gone as well, mm-hmm. replaced by regional councils mm-hmm. and district councils. And we so, ended up with the behemoth that yes, was Strathclyde, Strathclyde Regional, Regional Council. Council. And Strathclyde yeah. was the roads authority for the West. Now, in the early 70s, the oil crisis came, and that led to a reduction in traffic growth. 
yeah. and for a spell at that time and with the higher fuel costs, people did question whether traffic growth had ended. You know, we had reached a, a high for the number of vehicles in the road. Oh, we've peaked already. And for a few years, that meant that there was a, a debate about whether more roads were actually needed. But given the, given the reductions in public spending that were going on anyway because of all these crises, nothing really much moved on with the exception of some of those target one schemes like the Renfrew Motorway and parts of the Monkland, right? So that new council coming in, uh, having less money to spend, the 75% grants that used to be available from the Scottish office to local authorities to build new roads and other projects, that was done away with at that time as well. Mm -hmm. um, so there was far less money available to them. That led to them reappraising the need for all these schemes that were, you know, outlined in the highway plan and the GGTS that came afterwards. So really, I think, uh, having these discussions with John Cullen, you remember there was probably something like 50 schemes across Ayrshire, Lanarkshire, Renfrewshire, uh, Bartonshire and Glasgow that were that were on the books, yeah. so to speak, to be taken forward. And Strathclyde really had to cut all that back. And I think Andy Davis told us, I think, that they settled on something like 19 schemes. Mm -hmm. Which at that time, probably include things like the Monkland. Well, that that's right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the Target 2 schemes did make it through. They, they, they survived. Uh, things like the Springburn Expressway, the Air Motorway, the mm -hmm. Stirling Motorway, these things all were kept to be taken forward. And the Hamilton Motorway as well, coming in along the M74. Route. Yes, yeah, that's that's right. And there were, there were some of the, the groundwork had been laid, like the Breck Road Connection as yes. well, ah. which had kind of led so there were, to... There were some became. bits... Now, things changed further. So, through the late 70s, things continued to change. So, people's, the public's attitude towards new urban motorways and things like that had soured as well. So, the south and east flanks of the Ring Road, although Strathclyde wanted to take them forward, mm -hmm. eventually they were shelved because they just couldn't after, get it to fly. After dozens of re revisions, yeah. I think they eventually died in 81, didn't yeah, they? That's or right. something. Mary yeah. Hill Motorway was one of the first ones to go in 1975 yeah. as well. So, it went. So that left mm -hmm. the kind of core route, like we said, air motorway, still motorway, and they were all being constructed through empty land. However, mm -hmm. progress on those ended up being delayed further by the change in government in 1979. So there was mm -hmm. further financial crisis in the late 70s. Then mm -hmm. the Thatcher government came in in 1979 and cut public spending quite significantly. And that meant that even some of these next priorities had to they, wait a decade really before any yeah. progress was made and you're saying that confounded by the fact they're not getting this this 75 percent, 25 percent grant anymore exactly you know it was a difficult time yeah. for the local authorities absolutely because all the scottish office were, were providing money towards where major trunk road schemes at that yeah. time uh, and anything within the boundary of glasgow was always to be built by the council so yeah. it was difficult to take to take things like that forward mm -hmm. now in terms of target three schemes so there was another tranche that would potentially have come in originally they were to this is the built, real pipe dream stuff yeah they were to have been built by 1990 and that included some of the other routes that actually they knew that congestion was going to start coming on even with some of these additional roads that the inner ring road would still be very busy and mm -hmm. they wanted to provide better connectivity across other parts of the city um that would you know just improve access so things like the south and east link motorways yeah the North Link motorway. Yeah, they, they, and the, these ones here were, were just to put people in the picture listening to this. These, this was an intermediate ring. Yeah. So um, not an inner ring road, but yeah. a slightly more outer ring road, but not a truly outer ring road. That's so right. it's between an inner ring road and a fully outer yeah. orbital road. And that sea ring road, that was mm -hmm. another one. Now the sea ring road was eventually abandoned by the GGTS and changed into the Paisley Hamilton Cumberland Motorway. Yeah. Um, so it never moved forward either. But there were also some expressways. There was the Bishop Briggs Expressway. Yep. The Trossachs Motorway was also in there as well, out towards Bearsden Mulgai. But the Trossachs, yeah, again, which relied on things like the Mary Hill yeah. Motorway. So these were all tranche three, target three schemes that just never really had any detailed planning behind them at mm. all. Um, so they never really moved. Um, yeah. And the GGTS, obviously, as I say, superseded it. Um, but it was basically the same recommendations within. Yeah, it just borrowed what was yeah. already in there. So yeah. we, we got our target one built by 1980. And then it was really 2011 before parts of Target 2 were complete. So we got the M77, you said the Dumbreck Road connection, with a tiny wee piece of that in 1981. Yep, and that lay like that to the middle of the 90s. Yep, it did indeed. Then we got the uh, Steps Bypass, the first part of what was the Stirling Motorway M80 in 1992. Yep. Um, then the second part of the M77 out to Newton Mearns came in 1996. Yep. And then the, the Air Road route. Air Road route. Yep. The M74 proposals were considerably reworked into a new corridor and mm -hmm. that obviously progressively came along 1994 for the section to Fullerton Road and then 2011 before we really got the section all the way to the M8 but on an entirely new line 
Mm-hmm. South and East Flanks abandoned completely in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Townhead London Road Link was proposed as a, an East Flank replacement was, was for Was that in 1990? That or, was the 90s. Um, yeah. it, it was really just a very watered-down thing that wouldn't yeah. go as far as Glasgow Green. No, exactly. uh, and it was just like an upgraded... It's like a high street bypass. Yeah. Uh, it never went ahead either because there was never enough money for it. Uh, and then all the some of the expressways, even that were within Tronch 2, so the Springburn Expressway, it did go ahead, but as the Springburn Road realignment, Mm-hmm. So the junction at Keppock Hill Road was originally going to be grade separated. It's at grade. Although the one at Hawthorne Street that was grade separated yes, on the new that line is, yeah. that came along in the mid nineteen eighties as well. Good. Got a soft spot for the old Springburn Expressway. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one refers to it as Springburn Expressway, but you are right. Like quite a lot of it was built. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know it's actually a decent road. Now there was one scheme mm. that was proposed within the highway plan, but was actually well outside the city boundary, mm-hmm. and that is what we now know as the A seven three seven. So the Johnston Bypass, the Johnston-Linwood Bypass, that is in the highway plan. And originally it was envisaged that the M8 motorway would continue down that line. The motorway would continue along that line. Instead of going to Greenock and Erskine Bridge. So so they initially envisaged that that, that basically the section beyond St. James would be dual Mm. carriageway. But yeah, and all purpose. politicking going on behind the scenes led to that yeah. being upgraded. It's quite late on. I know we're contracts going... have already been let, let and they were like, "Oh, hold on, get hard shoulders out of yeah. yeah. <laughs> this. Needs to be motorway." No, that's right. So when did that open? The Johnston. I mean, it, it existed as a short spur until from, nine, from 1968. Yeah. yeah, through to 1993. 1993, yeah. and then they built the Johnston bypass yeah. and stuff like that. So that, that's yeah. an interesting one that was proposed within the highway plan, but actually out with Glasgow's boundary. But the, basically, the county surveyors of the Bartonshire. Stirlingshire, all the you know Lanarkshire, all the other areas around. Scott Wilson went away and spoke to all them. They all had their own grand ideas for highways, and mm. the highway plan tied in very nicely with all these lines coming yeah. in from the conurbation. So, like the M seventy three and the M eight to the west. So the highway plan seamlessly sat in the middle and it achieved mm. the Scottish Office objective, which was to provide a new high quality route between Glasgow and Edinburgh. Yeah, and, and across the city. Yeah. They chose to route that through Glasgow because the priorities around comprehensive development and all that and the money available meant it would get built first. Mm. And that was the easiest way to get the cross city route. Yeah. So that that's the reason for that. In many ways, um, it was the only way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they were never going to build like the, the East Link and things like yeah. that. So now, yep. did you know that the highway plan didn't only focus on what new roads should be built? Yes, uh, it did speak about environmental improvements in areas such as, um, you know, where areas where things would be pedestrianised. Yes. And so, um, you know, because you've removed that traffic and, and other kind of things. I had a lot of architectural input as well, yep. um, which I'm, sh- I'm sure you're about to indulge us all. Yeah, on. yeah. Uh, secondly, actually, before all that, though, yep. perhaps the biggest single way that the highway plan changed policy in Glasgow was on parking controls. Right, uh, because prior to 1965, yeah. there were no on-street parking controls in Glasgow. Yeah, that you didn't have to pay to park. That's right. Anywhere. You could park any, more or less anywhere. And what they knew was that, yeah, they wanted to improve access for vehicles across the city, but what they didn't want to do was flood the city centre with cars. Yeah. They, they didn't want unconstrained traffic growth in the city centre either. Mm-hmm. They wanted to clear cars out. And what the highway plan recommended was that they brought in on-street parking controls, so parking mm. meters, that there would be approved bays. You would have to pay to use them, and they would be aimed at short stays short stops 10 15 minutes half an hour sure that was popular at the time (laughs) it really wasn't and we've got a great video from bbc scotland on the page where you can see the reaction of some of the people being interviewed on day one this gentleman moaning about it yeah i do remember that yeah um and Mm -hmm. the other thing that really it recommended was the construction of multi-story car parks around the circumference of the city center very near the ring road now these exist to this day don't they yeah so basically the theory being you come in along the motorway you park very close to the ring road, and you make the remainder of your journey either by bus or on foot. Yeah. You know, so if you're coming in from the west and you come off at Bovell Street, there's a multi-story car park mm. right there at Cadogan Street. This and almost sounds like something that would be proposed now yeah. under like park and ride and, yeah. and uh, kind yeah. of things like that. Uh, yeah. Likewise, we've got, where's our other multi-story? So we've got the Charing Cross one. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the other ones at Concert Square and... I was going to say Concert Square. That's a horrible tight one, isn't yep. it? Yep. Uh, Cambridge Street as well. Yeah. Um, there's the one down at Candlerigs. There's mm-hmm. some down there. And there were others proposed to tie in with the incomplete part of the ring road as well. That's right, yeah, because uh, candle rigs obviously wouldn't be very far from where the east yeah. flank would be. The other thing, and a lot of people don't know this, and, and I must admit, I'd never really picked up on it myself before, <clears throat> was that within the report, there was also a change in planning policy. And where before 1965, developments would have to 
provide a certain number of parking spaces mm-hmm. after 1965 they were limited to a certain number of parking spaces because they didn't want big office blocks going up with, with big car parks to taking people up, in with their taking cars. up yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, a huge amount of space now that's very true to this day yeah. uh, with developments particularly in Glasgow large uh, office buildings a lot of them have subterranean car parks underground yep. car parks mm-hmm. they are again restricted by the amount yes. of spaces they can provide because obviously you know they, they want people to yeah. use other means to get because and again it's key and a lot of people conveniently forget this today that the corporation didn't want people driving into the city centre. Mm. Uh, you know, the new roads were to get people about the conurbation, but in the city centre, they didn't want that. Yeah. And as you mentioned yourself, there were obviously environmental enhancements that came about as a result of the construction of the new roads. Um, there's a few elements here. Some of them exist today. So we, we mentioned earlier Great Western Road where the accesses were closed off. So in parts of Pollock Shaws, Shawlands, Great Western Road, run about the Princess Street area, uh, all the rat runs and through routes were capped off. Cul-de-sacs mm-hmm. created to remove through traffic from residential areas for them basically to make life better for pedestrians and for people living in those areas those restrictions exist to this day mm-hmm. and there's a number of them around at kelvin bridge as well like yeah. if you turn off the great western road up towards the kelvin and you go up you know as if you were heading towards mary hill you cannot actually get to mary hill because those roads are bollarded off halfway up yeah that remains and that was very deliberate that was to stop through traffic and rat running and all these things because they wanted to keep the busiest routes keep the cars on away the from pedestrians yep. keep them in the motorway system yep. that was one of the other benefits mm-hmm. that's an environmental improvement and it is and you know what Stuart it's even still reaping the benefits of this today I and mean, I've recently learned that the road at George Square uh, outside the counting house uh, you know the, the Weatherspoons there yep. by Queen Street Station mm-hmm. I think that's now been bollarded off that's right yeah as well mm-hmm. um, kind of because that was always a bit of a nightmare getting into the square and yeah. you can do these things without you without having the, the kind of the C-shaped collar of the M8 going round right, to, yeah. to get there. I mean, it's like, again, <clears throat> kind of part of our ring road discussions, but the highway plan was part of that. You know, yeah. as soon as the L-shaped bypass of the city centre was completed, traffic in the central area dropped by something like 75%. Mm. Within three years, they were able to pedestrianise Socky Hall Street, Buchanan Street, Gale Street, look at bus prioritisation measures, mm. uh, improve pedestrian crossings, all these sorts of things. They all came because all that through traffic was gone. Right. And like things like closing the road in front of the city chambers, that was something that was proposed way back in the 70s. It's just taken them a very long time to get it there. And again, okay, it doesn't exactly fit with the, the narrative that's been you know, discussed by a lot of people at the moment, but Glasgow city centre remains one of the least congested in the UK, mm-hmm. and that is because the motorway system takes the traffic takes away. away. Yeah. You know, Reg- regardless of what you think that the yeah. motorway looks like, um, it does fact. that so yeah. that you can enjoy Sophie Hall Street and Art Street. Exactly. Yeah. That, that is a fact. So, what, uh, just dialing back to the highway plan, we started getting into the 90s and even into the, the, the noughties uh, about, you know, in 2011, we eventually got the, the M74. Yeah. What came of it all in the end? You know, what was some of the. The last things, I mean, was the highway plan even referenced at this point? I, no. I suspect not. I I think really by the 1980s when Strathclyde Region were starting to put their own stamp on things, the mm. work of the highway plan was very much archived away. Um, it wasn't referenced too much. All the names and the naming convention, because, you know, in, in the highway plan they didn't use route numbers, they used names. So we had like the, the uh, their entry motorway, Monkland motorway, Mary Hill motorway. They used all that. That naming convention started to kind of yeah, disappear. As, yeah, and as soon as these roads were built, I mean, we don't refer to the M74 as the Hamilton Motorway. We no. call it the M74, you no. know, because it, it ended up being the And, and, and the yeah. only one that was ever named on the ground was the Monkland Motorway. Stage one of the Monkland Motorway, the signage originally said M8 Monkland Motorway. M8 Monkland yeah. Motorway. A bit um, like it used to say M8 <clears throat> in a ring road. Yeah, yeah. Strathclyde didn't, didn't take that forward. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's... I would say it shaped policy regards roads, construction and planning and parking for the best part of 50 years, Mm -hmm. half a century. Wonderful report, very well pulled together. Now, in terms of the actual report itself, it's a fantastic document. And we are chuffed to bits to be able to provide a downloadable copy on the new article. And do you know what? That's the first time that I think that's out there on the internet. And, and, a, and a complete one. You know, you can yep. go and have a look and go, what's this Mary Hill motorway? What's yep. this Lomond motorway? And you can go in and see the plans yep. in there of what they was going to do. And what else I, it, it, I love about the highway plan is that the um, 
illustrations yeah. it's got of these these kind of visual representations yeah. of what the road would have would have yeah. looked like and that's where you see your uh futurist type space exactly. age kind of yeah. oh it looks lovely uh kind of things and that's where holford's were of course involved yeah. with these so the, the extension of the inner ring inner ring road work holford's continued their work from the architectural environmental point of view so a number of things like the renfrew motorway being constructed and cutting um, you know, along that line beside the railway, that was, you know, Holford saying, you know, no, don't have the motorway too high, don't have the noise issues and whatnot crossing mm. over. Same with parts of the Monkland motorway and some of the other schemes that came along, that just that general aesthetic that grew, you know, from then a ring road and was then used in other parts, like the yeah. retaining walls are the same and the Renfrew as they are at Charing Cross and all that kind of consistency. consistency of approach yeah. across the, the conurbation. That's so the other good thing about it is, that unlike a lot of reports that are produced today, yeah. it is very accessible. It's easy for anyone to read. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to yeah. be an expert to read it and understand it. So any layman could come in, especially, yeah. and that's very important. Yeah. Because if you've got people who live in areas yeah. and this road might be affecting them, yeah. and they're, they're not a highway engineer, they could, somebody could, I, I would say the highway plan is like that. You know, I mean, I was reading the highway plan for well before I got into civil engineering uh, yeah. and things yeah. like that. And I find it, you know, was, was really and, and John Cullen always said that was Roy Hodgins' special touch. You know, mm -hmm. he, he got it. If you if you read an equivalent mm -hmm. report from the time like the Selneck, South East Lancashire, North East Cheshire, came along at the same time, very difficult to read. Very difficult very to read, yeah. Filled with jargon, very mm -hmm. technical, not very accessible at all. Mm -hmm. Not a good way to tell the public what you're, what you're planning to do. Yeah. Particularly at a time where roads proposals and things didn't really get much public engagement. Yeah, uh, that was all very, very 70s yeah, pub thing. Public inquiries yeah. hadn't been invented yeah. when the highway plan came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So, there, there, you know, there wasn't a lot of public engagement on the highway plan. No. Uh, you know, so by keeping it accessible like that, making it available to people, it, you know, it, it did help. Good. And I think it stands the test of time. I think it's a great document. Well, it, it's it's something I wanted to ask you now because it's a long time ago, 1965, and yeah. you've given us this fantastic account, Stuart, of, of where it got us to. Um, but given the situation that we've got just now, is there scope, realistic, it might be, you might think this is a silly thing to propose, but it, would there ever be a new highway plan for Glasgow? Mm -hmm. A highway plan for Glasgow too, or uh, uh, maybe a look at, at, at putting together a similar type of document for all the roads in Glasgow, but with a 21st century hat on. Something yeah. that would consider, um, I mean, we hear about active travel. Uh, it's, it's a huge thing now. Um, and and pedestrianisation and reducing cars, which was something that was similar in, in the highway plan. Yeah. Is there a scope, or do you ever think that they would make another highway plan for Glasgow? Well, well why not? Obviously, what was recommended, and it would look very different to what was recommended in the original yeah. one. I imagine their priority now would be the outer ring roads, things further yeah. away from the city centre, unlike in the 60s when they were trying to clear out the city centre for traffic, but still yeah. maintain access. As Glasgow changes... Uh, the city centre is not the draw that it once was for shopping and business and, and leisure. Yeah, because everyone's got a Brayhead and Silverbank. Exactly. So there's, yeah. been, there's been a change there. So perhaps some of those outer rings would be slightly more beneficial. Although I'm still personally slightly doubtful about the benefit of those given the nature of our conurbation um, mm. and the way the population is dispersed across the area. Is someone going from Erskine... To, you know, I thought know, the same thing yeah. because we're up against the coast. Yeah. Say we were in the middle. So yeah. say it's like a bit like Manchester, yeah. you know, um, then people are passing by. Exactly. A lot of the time people are terminating their journeys yes. in and around and immediately around Glasgow. Yeah. So yeah. how useful would said bypass be? Exactly. You so know? That there's a whole discussion to be had on that, Absolutely. which is a whole other podcast, by the way. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Obviously, there would be... You know, there was a focus on pedestrians and cyclists in the highway plan. They are mentioned specifically, however, mm -hmm. nowhere near the level of consideration you would get today. Yep. So those facilities would obviously be far greater for people now. Um, from an environmental point of view, much of any new road would probably be, in an urban area certainly, would be maybe put in a cut and cover tunnel or buried completely or, you know, so that, yeah. The big that, that's what I think. So if Glasgow City Council, let's just use them as they went, right, we're going to make another highway plan for Glasgow. Uh -huh. I would see it being, yeah, something in it. And if they had unlimited money, yeah. uh, they could realistically propose something like what Boston done mm -hmm. with, um, you know, let's have these new roads, but bury them yeah. or bury existing things mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It, thinking about the public response to the highway plan yeah. as well, not something I'd mentioned earlier. Uh, on the whole, very well received by people across Glasgow because they could see the improvements to access. And, and for people in places like Deniston, where the Alexandra Parade had been really busy, Paisley Road West, these places were getting bypassed at last. They were delighted. Mm. And people going to the, the schemes further out who, who were lucky enough to have access to cars, 
the connectivity was obviously being being improved for them as well. Yeah. Response in some areas obviously was mixed. So the south, uh, the South Link motorway in particular, uh, you know, through the south side, that was controversial. This this was the whole one where it got set up the conservation area. Yeah. This Rathbungo, yeah. That yeah. was an interesting little tale that when we learned about that. Yeah. yeah. So you know, so the, it wasn't entirely positive. You know, there were some routes that weren't, and then obviously then a ring road had its issues with the south and east flanks. Mm. Uh, you know, so it wasn't entirely universally well received of course there were, there were some some schemes never, within it that were you're never going right. to keep everyone happy no. and, and that's one of those things um no i just thought it was a fun question to ask you Stuart, mm-hmm. uh, if 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 they'd ever come up with something similar um certainly a report of that scale it's yeah. just n- nowadays when i see schemes i mean what are recent Glasgow city council schemes and stuff like obviously the um east end regeneration route which became clyde gateway mm-hmm. uh which is now more or less shelved it's gone um but that was much a much smaller contained thing. It wasn't kind of included with many other things. So you, yeah, you're, you're you're quite right there. Now mm. I'm just trying to I'm trying to get my figures together here for the uh, for how much it was all going to cost. So at the adjusted time, for inflation, adjusted for infl- for inflation. Well, that would have been up to say, up to 1990. Um, so the equivalent figures today envisaged somewhere in the region of five billion pounds worth of investment in roads and pedestrianisation and other environmental matters and parking changes at that time. So the at that time, it was like 288 million mm-hmm. is what the envisage being spent over the 30 to 40 year period. And when you just add, yeah. you add inflation to that, it works out like 5.7 billion, which yeah. sounds like a huge figure. But if you divide that over 30 years, yeah. not just so much. I don't, I don't know what... what Glasgow Strathclyde pooled every year in revenue you know, it between was, its yeah. taxation and uh, what it received from the government. But then again, I mean, a local authority has a huge amount that it needs to spend money on. Yeah, you know, so uh, it's 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 got quite big coffers, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, mm. Just thinking about some of the so the web page that we're pulling together, like with the GGTS maps, we've put up one of the big interactive maps, yeah. so people will be able to go away and look at these schemes in detail, like like you mentioned. And actually, looking through the highway plan report um, itself, they'll be able to look at the sort of detail behind some of the junctions that were proposed. Um, there were some see, changes. See how near it could have come to your mm-hmm. house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> indeed. Uh, I, I think the biggest change between the highway plan report and what was actually constructed was in the Clydeside Expressway, where it's envisaged as an at grade. Yeah, route. that that's right. I mean, like at Finiston, it was an at grade. Um, so yeah, you wouldn't have had the flyover, and it wasn't until was it Halcrow. Halcrow, yeah. Halcrow took took on the the kind of detailed design of that job and decided, oh no 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 no, this needs uh, grade separation in areas everywhere apart from ferry road, ferry road roundabout, which eventually did get done later. But yeah, yes, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, we've got several copies of the highway plan, and of course the one that we're putting on you know the website, we've, I... we've managed to get that. The, the highest it's, quality it's ones a pristine out there. copy I, yeah. do you remember the first time we got our own copy of the highway plan it must be <laughs> yeah. but it probably is just coming up about 10 years ago just yeah. not long after you and i were working together on mm. what was glasgow's motorways at that point yeah and we finally got a copy and we were able to look at it in detail because when you're in a library and you're looking at it, you can never really give it the you know the focus and the no, attention because no, you, yeah. you're getting chucked out after a couple of hours or whatever mm-hmm. and actually being able to look through the through a copy ourselves and pick up some of the details it was uh, it was fantastic it was really you know? really interesting yeah, yeah. um I, again just think of some other points worth mentioning i mean i mentioned that they wanted to put the roads in new lines one of the advantages it was felt that offered was that the existing roads were still there to fulfill their proper function you know basically as bus routes you know um you know two roads were better than one was kind of the view that they took and by allowing by freeing up the local bus services they felt that the 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 sort of uh, the viability of a lot of the bus services, the attractiveness of using the bus would remain, and I suppose for a number of years that did, yeah, you know, getting yeah. the congestion off those those city centre routes, you know, mm. and car ownership at the time that they were they were designing this plan, car ownership was growing at something like seven percent a year, you know, and I don't think the highway plan had anything to do with that. I don't think the roads encouraged. No, I think whenever they were they built this, what we have now or not, the cars would have well, been look, there. Look at, look at Edinburgh. Look at Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, that's just, <laughs> yeah. You know, they didn't do anything or hardly anything, and yeah. their whole city has has come to a standstill as a yeah. result. Uh, and and is 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 as my opinion is impenetrable. Mm-hmm. Um, in in many ways, I just do not yeah. want to take the car in. 
Would you like sure. some quick fire facts Love a quick and fire facts. Before, Go for before it. we finish. So the report sure. recommended the construction of 56 miles of new roads within the city boundary. 56 miles? Yep. Uh, 48 of which yeah. were proposed to be built as urban motorways. So most of them motorways. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the outline design of the proposed road system was done in sufficient detail to establish the feasibility of the proposals and to make realistic cost estimates and define the extent of land that should be reserved for those roads. Uh, so they're planning, you know, well, well, well ahead. Uh, that, that is unknown today. Mm. <laughs> we don't really yeah, plan we don't, we, don't, we yeah. don't do long-term planning when it comes to things. I mean, we never look beyond 10 years now. They were looking for 30. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we're even looking back. So, like, the, the Wraith interchange upgrade was completed in 2017, designed for traffic levels at 2010. You know, so <laughs> we're actually designing back the way now. Uh, you know, because we don't well, want well to, it's an improvement. Yeah, I'm not complaining about they it. They obviously don't want to put too much, you know, additional capacity in there mm. uh, for various reasons. So, yeah, just a, f- a few facts here. And I mean, even com- considering what was built, which is about 50% overall, um, we, we still have more urban motorways than any of the other UK cities, mm. you know. Uh, if you if you want to know what, what would be classified as an urban motorway, look at the central reservation. Does it have a slabbed high quality hard standing in the middle mm. or is it chips or grass that's, that's really a, the easiest way to, you know, to define the two yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the rules are the same though yeah exactly uh, any final questions about highway plan are you, not you, from have, me have not from enough? me i think we've we've, we've <laughs> covered a heck of a lot there and we've got to that just that hypothetical one about if it, if it could be done today but um no that's that's everything really i i, I think i've got on the matter yeah no, absolutely. Um, th- th- believe it or not, there was actually some some consideration, some discussion with British Rail as part of the highway plan about the electrification of the suburban routes mm. and how that would all tie in as well. Yeah, there was another report that appeared, and I don't know when. I, I'm pretty sure it was late in the 70s. It was called Clyde Rail. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, it was like the highway plan, but for railways, <clears> wasn't it? Yeah, that's and right. I don't know. I've not read it. I've only I've only seen it um, when you've been sorting out yeah. some of these reports we've received. One key quote. I've mm-hmm. just spotted in my notes that I should have said. Again, it totally goes against what a lot of people's perception of the highway plan is. Sure. Successful town centres, while radically restricting accessibility by private car, require the provision of an exceptional level of public transport. Yes. So this wasn't all just car, 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 No, car. it, it, it understood that you needed yeah. that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they didn't want cars going into the major towns. and Have we succeeded with Glasgow going that way? I mean, it's got the largest kind of, they always hear that, Largest suburban rail network outside of London. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it does. It's fantastic. Um, it's just, um, you know, there are other problems with the railway uh, in terms of service and, and mod- modernisation and pricing. But you know what? There's a lot of track there compared to other places. Yeah. You're, you're we have the subway right. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, pla- and there's all sorts of big ideas and plans to, you know, Im- improve uh, the public transport in Glasgow. But it's... But we'll 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 see it when it's on the ground, I guess. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, hopefully everyone will, <clears throat> will find that an interesting. Yes. Absolutely, and I hope you all enjoy the highway plan page. Yeah, there, there will be a lot to read. There's there's page so there's the page on the highway plan. There's the map, and mm-hmm. finally we've got some information on comprehensive development, mm-hmm. and also a nice glossary now of some of those terms, so you can very quickly look up what's meant by certain things or, needed. or a bit of detail on the, the main good glossary is good for when yeah. you're listening to this as well yeah. <laughs> exactly um, you know as we always say end of every podcast you mm-hmm. get all our other episodes online they're mm-hmm. still available you'll find us mostly on Podbean but you will get this on uh, Apple Podcasts Spotify YouTube. Amazon YouTube anywhere you can find podcasts we are there we are there absolutely and uh, I do want to take this chance to say a big thanks to our sponsors, our supporters at Eastford Excavations and also at Highway Barrier Solutions. So thank you to, without these guys, we wouldn't be able to do these as no, much as we like. Absolutely. So thank so you thank very you. much. Yeah, thank you to them. And don't forget about social media as well. Uh, you can go on there on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. I don't think we're doing TikTok yet, are we? No TikTok. Good. And... <laughs> <laughs> so don't forget you can go on to all these places for your photographs then and now aerial f- photography anything and leave us comments like and uh, basically get your fix from there indeed and we will see you next month we for will. another episode can't wait thank you bye bye <laughs>